Brad. Troy. How are you? I'm doing well. Life and Grace podcast. Woo, Life and Grace podcast from the uh, back porch yeah. of your house. Back porch. We finally got some weather that's not in the hundreds, so we thought, you know what, we need to get outside a little bit and we can have a cigar and uh, eat. Yeah. There might be a bird fly by once in a while or a dog bark or somebody doing something else. Yeah, left side of the picture, your right side's got a bird feeder hanging. They might be able to there you go. pick up from time to time. Okay, well, we'll uh, zoom in on that, especially if a bird shows up. But a bird uh, shows up. There's a bird feeder over there. So yeah. So uh, we thought we'd get outside finally, since it's at least at least tolerable, though it is a little bit humid. So we might we might get a little sticky too, or, or shiny, and yeah. we we'll have to do a makeup break till we can uh, we can powder our faces. The top of my head. Yeah, is going to see lots of beads of sweat coming down. It's warmer on this side of your deck than that side because of the wind. wind the right? wind was kicking, but there's probably no sounds wind. better over here. Yeah. Well, hopefully, but this is, um, um, you know, I like I like old stuff, so this is part of things that I bump into, you know, doing uh, state sales, garage sales with my wife, and uh, and uh, we both like that and share that hobby together. So this is some of the stuff that we've collected over time, as well as the uh, notorious black stone grill, <laughs> right? Hey, that's a everybody. It's a have. trend. You got to have a black stone. But. Yeah, I haven't done that trend. You got you. Well, you yet. went. You went, I haven't yet. You went a little more posh. You went with the I don't electric. Know about that. It's it's a but it's a charcoal grill. Yeah, but it, I mean it has it's a highfalutin fan. It's, it's a highfalutin charcoal fan that I can buy a flat top to insert on top. Oh neat! I can take out the uh, grill and slap the really? griddle in. Wow, yeah. you gonna do that? I was thinking about it, I was telling Brandy, it's not like one hundred thirty bucks. Is it hard to change interchange mount? Nah. Didn't look to be. Well, um, but nonetheless, what else been going on? Anything? Obviously, you, you got the stuff to fix your grill. By the way, I do you have the stuff to fix grill. my grill. I broke. I, I uh, cooked my grill, <laughs> <laughs> which does sound kind of weird. But when you don't clean your grill properly, the the grease that's left behind when it uh, caught fire when you when you crank that thing up to five hundred degrees, Ooh. and the grill. When the grease catches fire, it gets a lot hotter than 500 degrees, Ooh. and the flames are rough. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, I mean, it's how did how did that happen? Is, is there not a drain <laughs> box for the grease or well, a place for the grease to go? There's a place for the, the grease to go, and the guy that cleans the grease just kind of took a shortcut that particular mm. day and thought, ah, it'll be good. That guy. That guy. That guy. <laughs> Who was that? Oh, my gosh. Oh. I don't know. Good thing he's not paid, but. Right. Yeah. So he just, you know, well, then when I went to go crank it up to kind of burn the grill a little bit, the grates, I thought, oh, crank it up to 500. You guys ever, you know, if you have that opportunity, you just crank it up, burn off the extra. Right. I went out there to go, okay, I'm going to turn it down. I it opened up, I opened up the top and flames were just shooting. <laughs> I was, whoa, <laughs> put it back down, shut everything off and then waited. And then when I went back, I noticed that the there's a uh, little I don't want it's not a button but it's a I guess it's a button I safety don't know. type a little, thing yeah your doors closed your doors open it's a little deal a little popper that tells your grill when the doors open or when the doors closed when uh -huh. the doors open fans not running you know as the same it's different and then when you close it everything kicks back on well it melted that sucker. Uh -huh. It melted. That's how hot it was. So anyway, I got I got new ones, and I got a little new wire and harness to replace a, the wire. So we'll be good. I just haven't done it yet. It's been too hot to grill. This thing's got a little grease catcher in it too. Yeah. That you know, if you if you do a whole thing full of hamburgers, it you know, that thing Fills gets up. pretty close to full. You know, and you. I, and that my concern is being on this deck, of course, that you know something hot. It's, is, Fire hazard. So you well, so you just can't walk away from it when you're cooking. No. That's that's my only rule for myself. Yeah. And I'm gonna make that a rule for everybody else. It's like if you're gonna cook on this thing, you gotta yeah. be with it one hundred one hundred percent of the time. Well, luckily you got this little window here too. If you had to pop in real quick, you can keep an eye on it, but that's still yeah, you're still too far away. Well and and uh, I hang up like tin foil behind it, at least where you know, well obviously it was more 
for the yeah. grease to stay off the I, wall. I don't think fire marshal's going to approve with anything no. we're saying. No. <laughs> well, it does, it does create fire a little barrier. At least it keeps the grease off yeah. the wall. Where's your the fire extinguisher? Is it hanging out here? No, I need to get one. We I probably both should have one. I, You know, I probably have four or five fire extinguishers around the place, and, and I couldn't tell you where one of them was. So if there's a fire, I don't know. Or how old yeah, they are. we need to, I mean, you know, the whole probably idea. Probably not maintained. Right. Remember when you were a kid and, and you went to school and they did those, oh, tornado drills yeah. and bomb, sure. I guess. Fire. Fire everybody drills. go into the hallway and, you know, yeah. bend over and kiss your own butt goodbye. Yeah, because tornado the, drills. End of the world. In the hallway. Yeah, so um, we did all those drills and things, and but you know we neglect that at home. I've never right. really, I've never to. really had that, but I know you're supposed to. But we always told our girls like, take this, throw it through the window, get out yep. there, get far away from the house. Yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll be along shortly. I think we had one or two because it was like an assignment the kids had. You have to bring home a report that showed what your fire drill was. What what do you do in case of a fire? See so now that we, we manipulated that to show mm-hmm. what we would do. Right. Oh, I just had. What a if fire. what if one of the kids came back and said, "Well, we'd have to go buy a new tent." <laughs> you know, it, yeah, our our camper our camper wouldn't withstand a fire. So you know, so you see the problem in that in that particular. It, did, yeah. did a fly go in your beer? I I'm looking here at my drink and the the fly just died. I think you can get him out of my there drink. and it's I still can, fine. But it's irritating. Well, you got to be careful when you do suffer. it. Oh well, my he's goodness! Gonna, you're gonna lay <laughs> eggs in there. <laughs> so, hey, Brad, how are you? you other than that, pretty good. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Well, where are we going? What do you think we're going to talk about today? Well, what was, do you want to talk about today? Yeah. Well, I got. I mean, I've got some thoughts about um, something that, you know, when I was younger, was. Um, like kind of I was uncertain about you know and it was it was as uh as I started kind of gaining curiosity about my faith which is obviously Christianity I I I didn't really know like okay I was curious about it I started learning about this guy Jesus Christ and you know who he was and 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 what that meant um him being here and 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 the sacrifice that he endured on the cross and, and, you know, the, 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 the three days he spent in the tomb and what happened while he was there and the resurrection and him, you know, reappearing to the apostles and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that's, that's all, that's a lot, you know, but I, and I, and I, as I started kind of looking into it all, I started like realizing like, you know, this all happened, you know, there's, there's so many accounts of, 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 Jesus Christ, I mean, obviously when he was here as a man, there's no yeah. doubt that he existed. I think whether or not he was the son of God is the question that everybody really, really concerns yes, himself sir. with. Yeah. But then I'm talking more along the lines like what he, he reappeared to people after he mm-hmm. died on the right. cross, you know, and, and all these apostles who, you know, who basically um, denied, Peter denied him and all the other apostles really mm-hmm. kind of just stood, stood idly by while Jesus Christ was crucified. And, 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 you know, after walking with him and seeing him perform miracles and doing all this stuff, they still had all these questions. But then as I started like researching and asking a lot of questions myself, and then as he reappeared, there's a lot of accounts of that as well, him reappearing to the apostles. And, uh, as he reappeared, you know, something changed and and those guys where you know where they were willing to run and, and hide when he was crucified right now now after his his re his resurrection and him him reappearing then you know all these guys they went to their deaths uh, professing that Jesus was who he said he was correct so what what was it that changed from the time he was being crucified till you know the time he reappeared in in the minds of all the apostles and you know that to me was the most compelling evidence as i researched mm-hmm. that was the most compelling evidence that jesus christ was not only here on this earth as a man but that he was the messiah right. and that he was crucified and that and you know he rose from the dead and the fact that um he reappeared was pretty evident in the in the in the fact that the, all the apostles changed so significantly in regards to you know who, you know how the stance that they were willing to take for G, for Jesus, and and they they all became Christ followers after his mm-hmm. death. 
to the point where you know there was so, a lot of persecution and a, and a lot of uh, uh, the Blue Jays are going nuts. Um, yeah, but but there was a lot of persecution as well as as well as some 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 of them put to death. You know, professing that Jesus is who he said he was. So that was where kind of I wanted to to go with this topic and yeah, and okay. and kind of share my beliefs in regards to that and and kind of how to go about making that decision. We got hummingbirds that are just Whoa. putting on an air show here. It's they awesome. Flew through there. Blue Jays yelling. So I I like feeding birds. So we're gonna get a lot of animal noises. I apologize in advance. It's not just Brad. No, I I might grunt once in a while. <laughs> But that's so so you know, and you yeah. have you have made the same decision in your own life. So, right. what was the overwhelming thing that made you go? Hmm. I don't. Well, I didn't. I. I think we've kind of talked about this before. I'm not saying that we don't. My experience was slightly different because I grew up with a very emboldened, a very. 100% sure of Jesus follower in my grandmother. So you never had a doubt so really because you saw her was, confidence. But. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the same as, you know, anybody else that grew up in the opposite of that, you know, the, the, you know, if you grew up with a family of atheists, you kind of mold yourself into that, well, I'm an atheist too. I don't believe that. Right. Until you find parents, out, you know, on your own. My parents are non-believers and and I listen to them because those some are these are your first teachers. Um, you know that's who you model. If you respect your parents, you kind of look at what they do, and and you follow suit at least for a while until you you know maybe start to become a teenager, and then you start hearing some other things through friends. Through well, these days it's you know social uh, media, yeah, yeah. it's everywhere. But when we were kids, it was just going to school and you know, hearing some, you know, talking to your friends and maybe they have some different perspectives. But I grew up, you know, I was going to church from the time I remember. I don't remember not going to church as a kid. Um, you know, I got baptized the first time, I think I was five, maybe six. I'm pretty sure I was five. And I still remember being baptized because it was somewhat embarrassing because of the fact that um, I was in my underwear it wasn't like a congregation of people there, at least. Tidy whities were kind of tidy whities back then. So they were see through after you got tidy, out. Of tidy whities. I, you know, I was in and out pretty quick, but I remember it. And Jim Cole, uh, the pastor that we had, it was also the pastor that married my uh, Brandy and I. Um, he baptized my brother, little brother, who's two years younger. So I was five, and he was three. It was after my dad died. My grandmother wanted wanted us to be baptized, and we were going to church anyway, and. You know, where was my belief? I believed, sure, absolutely, sounds good. I know Jesus. I know all those little stories. Those are cool. Uh, you know, David and Goliath and all that stuff. I was taught all that as a small kid and never had a belief that God didn't exist. I never had a belief that Jesus wasn't real. Now, did I live my life as I got older to uh, what Christians should or to follow that belief one, you know, full heartedly. No. Uh, as I got older, I, I don't know. I probably fell into that normal secular, you know, we're just going to have fun, be kids, do stupid stuff, you know? Uh, but I always, I always had that belief, um, that this was all real. So I don't know, you know, what, where that leaves me. So I didn't have an aha moment in that way. But I've had aha moments to where I go, man, you're living like an idiot. <laughs> Why are you doing this? You know this isn't how you should be living because you do have this ultimate belief system. And if you ultimately believe in heaven, you're not going there right. doing what you're doing, not just what I'm doing, but because I, my heart wasn't there. So you can say you're a believer, but if your heart has that nastiness in it, yeah. I don't think you really are. Right. Well, you know, nobody really knows, obviously, except God, and that we'll leave that up to Him. Yeah, He's the ultimate judge. But I, I, you know, I just I, I, the reason I wanted to kind of 
kind of hit on this particular topic is is because I didn't want to like try to sit out here and and prove to anyone that Jesus was who he said he was. I mean, I think everybody needs to do their own own research on it that, you know. Be, I yes. I don't want anybody just to well, say, "Hey, Brad believes it, so, you know, it must be real," because obviously no. obviously that's not how I came to that place, you know. So I did have people in my lives who had who had a similar belief system yeah. that I I saw and I watched and they made me super curious. So I started you know, asking questions and, and started doing research and reading. And, and so I got to this place where I realized like, like you know, there's some, mer- there's some merit to this, mm-hmm. you know, who Jesus said he was. And, and again, what I just said about how the apostles reacted when he reappeared versus prior to his crucifixion. And, you know, it just led me to a place where I was like, okay, I, you know, I think I, I think I want to, I, I think I want to move forward with this. And I, yeah. and I didn't really know how, um, to, to take the next step. And I, yeah. and that's what I wanted to kind of, kind of talk to today about, um, just what it means to ask Christ into your life and, and how you get there and kind of how you go about, um, you know, the specific prayer that you need to pray to ask him into your heart. And, and with that, with that, there's, you know, there's no, there's no scripted version, you know, it's, it's an, it's an intentional decision. And, and it comes because we all, at some point in time, we all come to the end of ourselves, you know, and, and maybe it happens through trial. Maybe it happens through, um, you just realization of, of unfulfillment or, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people choose to to pursue something a little bit more purposeful. But if I get slammed in the side of the face with a hummingbird, those, don't those two hummingbirds? Don't right, they're right there. I think they're pretty dex. They're, they're pretty. I don't see them crashing. <laughs> no, unbelievable. Not you. Yeah. Not, so, anyways, that's where I was. That's where I was in my life, and I and it didn't happen overnight. It just happened through you know, kind of trial and error. Kind of all of a sudden, I'm curious. Kind of now, I'm going to seek you know, yeah. more information. And then now I've been a Christian since 1993, but, um, I, I made a decision in, in spring training when I was, uh, I wasn't in major league camp, but I did go to a, a Bible study, which was part of, of what's called baseball chapel. And, um, in that Bible study, there, there was a, a, a couple of people leading it who, who led the, led us all in the sinner's prayer, which mm-hmm. is essentially where you say, Hey, you know what? I keep screwing this up yeah, and I'm done. You know, I mm-hmm. just can't do this anymore on my own. You realize Christ uh, was sent here for the reason of, um, atonement for sacrifice for the, our, for our mishaps, you know, for our mistakes yeah. and, and, learning to accept that was hard, you know, because I was kind of a screw up as a youngster, you know, so to willingly say, okay, God, I, I realize like you're who you said you were and I want, I want you to take control over my life. And that's when, you know, I made that decision and the prayer goes something just like that, where you say, God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of my rope at the end of myself. And I want to ask you to come into my life to take control I want to profess that you're who you said you were and, and, and glorify you in, in my decisions. And, and then you grow over, then it becomes a relationship. Christ sends his counselor to live in you, which is the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the rest is history. You just continue to build a relationship like you would with anybody else through reading, through uh, prayer, through, you know, fellowship, through worship, however, you know, it's just, it's just, you're hanging out with God and and I find myself all the time, you know, morning, noon, night, in in any scenario, in any situation, just, you know, taking a two second break and talking to God about a certain situation. You know, it's, it's it just becomes a part of who you are, and and it's not it wasn't miraculous. It wasn't like this aha moment, as you say. Yeah, it was an aha decision. I think the yeah. decision was my conscious effort. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I ad- asked God into my heart, I mean, uh, to me, it was more of a process. I, th- I do think that there might be some aha moments for some people, but it's still a process. I'm still, you know, that's in 1993. What is it? What is that? That's 30, yeah, 30 years. 30 years ago. 30 years, year. and I'm still, still growing and still building that relationship, and I still screw up all the time. And so yeah. I just want everybody to know as we're sitting here discussing this, like it's, it's, there's never a right time, you know, it's, it's like God will meet you where you're at. It doesn't matter how good or bad you think things are going, he'll meet you where you're at. And, and it's just more and more importantly that you think about things 
from a perspective of eternity. And that's, mm -hmm. that's what really kind of intrigued me is like, well, what if, what if when I die, what if it's not just the end, you know, what if I, when I take my last earthly breath, what if I all of a sudden I appear in this place called heaven or this place called hell, you know, and if, and if that's the two choices or two options I got, I think I'd rather choose heaven. So, um, you know, and what, what that entails is, is simply that relationship that I just described. Yeah. And then of course you, you get closer to Christ and you start to, you start to crave the things that please him. And so yep. the the works that people discuss, they're not really works because if you want to please God in the decisions that you make, then, you know, you, you want to do those things anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. These guys are going nuts back and forth here. The, um, well, the idea, I know a lot of people, you know, that have that have issues with believing that there is a God, automatically just start talking about what hell on earth this is, and all the evil that's out and about throughout our world that we're living in, and all the trials that people have to go through, and the, the babies that are dying and that are starving, and the earthquakes and all the stuff. That's their answer as to why there's not a God, which. Um, seems seems kind of crazy because basically what they're saying is there can't be somebody that's ultimately good because of all the evil that is in the world. Well, my not it's not just me, but at the same time, if there was no good, how do you know there's any evil? You because can't inherently you can't. have one without how, the other. I mean, if there's if there's no light and and then there's darkness, how do you know if how do you, you got to have one, you got to have the other. They, they are the, if you want to, the yin and the yang, I guess they are the opposites of one another to, to a degree. So to say that there is, there is evil is really an admission that there is good. Where does good come from? Good was not something that was in a big bang and just boom. And it, and here we are through evolution. We have now good and evil. That is not how it works. That is, that is not something that uh, I believe that scientists can prove is possible. So there is that good. Who is the good? We believe that it's God. We believe through through Jesus, as, as uh, Brad said, that he, you know, he came in on this earth as a rep representation of the Son of God, who is also God, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, those three in one. Um, we believe that. And... He, he's the creator of this earth as well. He was here from the beginning. So through Jesus coming on earth, showing us basically as Christians how we should be living. That's That was one of the main purposes of him being here for the time that he was. Otherwise, he could have just came. Somebody could have grabbed him, slapped him on the cross, and killed him, and he could have died and been resurrected. Sure, that's a part of it. But at the same time, while he was here, he spent this time ministering. He mm -hmm. spent that time when the New Testament shows us through his life while he was here, how we should be living. So if you just take that and you go, look at this guy, show me where he did anything wrong. Well, he didn't. And that and that's like you said, that was the model. That was why that's, the model. that's why he lived exactly. as a man yes. on this earth and also fully God, fully yeah. God, fully man. But he chose that and because of, what you just said. Yeah. I mean, he wanted people to see his life and, and his ministry. And, you know, and, and even though he walked, you know, day in and day out with this group of guys, you know, they still had trouble believing. So, That's, you know, it's, it's not hard to wonder why somebody else who, who didn't experience right. that has trouble with it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's heavily documented how many times that the apostles didn't believe, um, that Christ could do what he was doing uh, over and over and over again. They, they felt that they were full-on believers and their followers of his, and they were even giving, given the opportunity to heal as well. And um, I don't think they handled that all that well. It was kind of a weird thing for them as well. Well, they, but, were, vying, they were vying for the next in line. You know, you, there's a lot yeah, of stories of the apostles— arguments. Yeah, they had all kinds of arguments. Like, who, well, who's the best apostle? Who's at, the favorite? You look know? at James and John. Their yeah. mother came to Christ and <laughs> said, hey, I want well, them on your left and your right. Right. Yeah, and they're like, hey, it doesn't work uh, like that. I don't think they could. I don't think they could. No, 
No. They're not going to be able to do what I'm getting ready to do. No. And and they're not going to do it without sinning either. Right. So um, I think, obviously, you know, the human side came out in all these guys, uh, you know, and Jesus was just a model of how to overcome it um, because he never he never sinned while he was here, but inevitably he ended up dying on the cross and not for anything that he did, though he was accused of wrongdoing. Correct. He didn't do anything, but Man-made the reason he did it was, was on purpose because... Yeah. He knew that he needed to be crucified on the cross to atone for our our sin, and the yeah. the stuff that he went to was because of us, not because of him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when I ended up making that decision in my own life, you know, it was pretty liberating. I mean, I I, I didn't feel pressure um, to do it necessarily. It was more like just like I I just was like. So I did all these things, you know, as a young man. I, I partied. I, I, you know, I chased women. I, I did, I did a lot of things, you know. And I had, a, I, I met a lot of fun people and and, and very likable people and and um, had some great experiences. But, you know, and I, I realized though after the fact, as I look back and as I started to get older and I'm living my life and I, you know, and I decided to become a Christian, I started to realize like, God, like how silly were some of the things that I was chasing as a youngster, you know, and, and, yeah. and that I still chase from time to time. You yeah. know, it's like, but what are, what's their ultimate purpose in your life? Well, that's, that's my point going, was right? I didn't have any purpose and everything was unfulfilling. It was mm-hmm. fun. It was fun in the moment. Yeah. But Fleeting. it's like after it was over, it was, it was like, what, what, that wasn't fun. You know, and I don't feel like now it doesn't make me feel good. You right. know, 12 hours later, I feel terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know the ultimate the ultimate goal for me, as I started kind of asking a bunch of questions, I just want to know. I just wanted to know, like, before it's too late, what's this eternity stuff? You know, what is it? What is this eternal perspective people talk about, and and how do you how do you even fathom it or or, or discuss it when you know obviously we can't personally relate to it because you know we can live for eternity, but I think. Um, you know, a true eternal eternity, I guess, wouldn't have a beginning either. You know, it just has no beginning, no end. Yeah. So I couldn't say we're eternal beings because we were born unless unless well, that was always bodies, a plan. Right. Yeah. Our spirit could have always existed. Yeah. I don't know about that side of it. And it's, I don't know, I mean, if it's somewhere that explains it, it hasn't been explained to me, doesn't mean that it hasn't been uh, you know, documented somewhere, a little more of that understanding. But I haven't tried to to get to that because I'm still trying to, you know, fight the fight the battles that I go through. You know, on this earth, right. um, just trying to keep my head straight and my heart straight. You know, today I've had issues. Friday at work, I had some issues to where, you know, what I, I do feel like to a degree that I fight those battles a little bit better to where it's not necessarily external. You know, but at the same time, my heart is where I've really got to get a get a good grip to go. Okay, is that how Jesus would want you to or handle to that? Act. Why are you? Yeah, okay, maybe you didn't swing on that guy, but man, the feeling mm-hmm. you've got going on inside of you right now—that's yeah. what I want to. That's <clears throat> what he wants to take care of. You know, he came well, to the Pharisees yeah. and told them that. You know, it's not that. You know, you're not killing. Is I don't want you to hate your neighbor. Mm. You know, if you got hate in your heart for your brother, you, it's the same as killing him as far as I'm concerned. You know, if you're thinking about doing it, you could just say, well, I haven't done it, so right. I'm good. No, you're, you're hating your heart. That's where we've, right. we've, we struggle. Well, the coolest thing, yeah, but the one thing that you said there at the beginning was that you know it. Yeah. You know, you, you recognize it. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that's the one of the neater things about, you know, being a Christian and having having Christ in you you know when you have the holy spirit in you he's constantly giving you correction and 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 giving you encouragement and you know a guidance a guidance yeah. that you know, we all need and, yeah. as we get off as we get off this path that we're supposed to be on and and uh, you know it's just sometimes uh, you know the human nature takes over and and we all make mistakes so you know this christianity um, you know decision it has nothing to do with you know this big poof and all of a sudden you're somebody completely different it is work and it is a process and and essentially it's us trying to become 
more like Christ, which is not a bad thing. I mean, and no. I don't know that when we said this last podcast, I don't understand yeah. why people have so much interest in doing stuff that it's like hurtful to other people. It just yeah. Blows my well, mind. I mean, you're supposed to struggle uh, in life because if you're not struggling in in life, you, you, you don't physically change. You don't spiritually change. You don't mentally change. If there is no struggle, you become a big glop of glue, a goo in my, in my mind, because to, I mean, just take the analogy of, of, of weightlifting as you're weightlifting, you, as you lift heavier and heavier weights, you're tearing your body down to make it stronger. So same, same as spiritually, you're, you're, you're trying to burn off. I heard, believe it or not, I heard Jordan Peterson say something like that the other day. It's, it's like you're, you're burning off the bad inside of you. It's, it's, it's a purge. It's a fight. It's a, it's a killing. It's a death of the bad. It's the mm -hmm. death of the old to make new. I mean, just like, you know, we live here in Kansas, the Flint Hills, they burn that stuff off every, well, almost every year they have a burn off to get that dead mm -hmm. undergrowth, the nastiness out of there so that that new grass back right. can grow back healthier and stronger. <laughs> and that's, that's the daily, um, in my mind, a daily struggle uh, for me to try to be a better person is I've got to let some of this old nastiness go. Well, I wish, and, and I and I know this didn't happen to me, and, and what you're describing means it didn't happen to you either. I didn't become a Christian until later on in my life, but um, prior to that, um, I, you know, I came from a divorced family, and we kind of moved here to Wichita, and my mom took that late job at night, and I had kind of pretty— pretty incredible freedoms as a very, very young man, which I fully took advantage of and, you know, made a lot of decisions that, um, you know, if I had to do over again, I probably wouldn't make, but at the same time, I don't regret any of them. I, you know, they're all, all those decisions might be what led me right here right now. Most likely. And so, um, point is, is like, if it's, if it's not a miraculous change, it's fine. It's just knowing that you, you, you know, the way you're doing it isn't working, you know, and it's like, you know, something has to give in terms of, you know, adjusting my, my world had to get something had to give in terms of adjusting yeah. to, to gain purpose. I just like, I was baseball player and I, and the more I did and the higher, higher level I got to me, the uglier it got because I mean, it became more about money and more about fame and more about notoriety and, and everybody jockeying for position and, yeah. you know, it lost it. But when I was like an A ball player, Mm -hmm. Hanging out with those guys, you know, we spent every minute together and, and nobody had an agenda. It was just like, we're going to play baseball. And, yeah. and even, even through the suck, you know, we just, we just were there for each other. And, <laughs> and, and that to me was, was one of the gleaning things I realized in baseball. Like it's kind of reminiscent of the way the world works, you know, is where the higher people get to and the, and the more money they make, the more likely they are to be in, in, entrapped by, the society's, you know, perspective of, uh, or secular perspective of what really matters, you know? And I, I got lost in a lot of that stuff, you know, yeah. not, not just from a, a partying youngster, but also from, you know, a major league baseball player, you know, there's a lot of obstacles in, in everywhere along the way. Yeah. I could tell you stories about growth and, and hardships and things like that, but inevitably it led me right here. Yeah, I mean it's got to be difficult in those arenas, and I I have no clue whatsoever. But outside looking in, if you if you were somebody, because you see a lot of people on TV, um, look at Michael Jordan. He's still how how many years has he been retired? I mean, people are still holding him up on a on a pedestal, and to be able to live that would would be difficult to not uh, succumb to. You know, you're right. I am the greatest son of a gun that's ever uh -huh. lived, and and to, to believe your own press and your own hype, that would, that's, that's a, an experience that a majority of us people don't, will not ever experience. And it's probably a, a really good thing uh, that we don't. But it's not all positive. Either. It's not all positive, but you, you sure do get a lot of, of the, the good. I mean, when you got your fans, you have your fans. When you have the people that don't like you, they don't like you. But when you're lifted up like that, that's, that's pretty difficult probably. But well, you most know, people don't have that. 
Well, and if you if you just go back, I know you're a big Elvis Presley fan. Huge. You know, he was obviously yeah. lifted up. And how did lifted how did up. that how did that treat him? Him, you know? him down. Michael Jackson and and uh, yeah. Kurt Cobain with mm -hmm. you know, and you could go you can go on and on and on of about you know about these famous people who were up on a pedestal. And they just couldn't handle it, and it just—it just not the way we're meant to be. We're not meant to be idolized and worshipped. No, no, we're meant to worship. We're meant to worship. And so God is the one that needs to be up there on that pedestal. Yeah, and yeah. if you're the one that's up there, you know, it's, it's likely that you probably got a good chance I, of falling, especially I, if you don't put God up there with you, or at I, least a higher pedestal. I than think you. that's what a lot of people have problems with, Brad, is the fact that they they have an issue with worshiping. Um, a being in their mind that, um, again, allows all this negativity in the world, but they, because they're too self, they're too self-centered, they're too self-aware and they want to be, they want to be lifted. They want people to recognize them or they want to be, you know, told you can do whatever you want to do. It's whatever makes you happy. So it's their truth. It's their truth. There's, you know, and that as opposed to the truth, the truth and their truth. That's what keeps people away from God. And there are pastors and there are evangelists that got stuck in that same thing because they, they made this church. So it's not, you know, something that Christians can't fall prey to, uh, you know, self-professed Christians, you know, we, we may start off in a good spot, but Man, when you get caught up in that world and and that earthly thing to where, you know what, I've got to make this church to where it's 3,000 people. i got to make this church to where we have a million followers. i got to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. And they lose perspective of it's not about you. This church is not you. The Very church nice. is God. The church is Christ. So as soon as you take that pastoral role to where you think you do, you know what? What I say matters. No. What are you supposed to be? You're supposed to be a megaphone for the word. An ambassador of God. That is it. You are supposed to take that Bible and you're supposed to read it and you're supposed to. You are chosen, hopefully, to be that guy that says, all right, congregation, you're not following me mm. specifically, but I am going to teach you a Bible-based message. Bible message that came from God. It didn't come from me. And then some people lose perspective on that. And then... Bad things happen. Well, yeah, but, you know, bad things happen though. Even when you're rolling, rolling really good, you know. I, I think. Well, I just think it's life. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna experience hardships. You're gonna experience ups. You're gonna experience downs. You're gonna have death. You're gonna have loss. You're gonna have struggle. I mean, you're gonna fi be fatigued. It's, it's just part of it. And and not that I you know think anybody should like glorify that kind of a thing. But mm -hmm. bottom line is if. It, you're going to go through it. So if you go through it w with with a, a, a perspective of like, okay, there's something more to what I'm going through than yes. just the face value of it. There's there's something that that God's trying to steer me towards, yeah. steer me away from, or tell me, you know. And and if you look at that from that perspective, you realize like, okay, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit less perturbed over things that happen because I believe. That it's 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 God by God's design, you know, and and what He allows me to go through, inevitably is for good, even though it doesn't seem like it always at face value. In the big picture, there's something good that's going to come from it. Some way, God's going to be glorified in the midst of it, and and it and it's funny, but because you said it earlier, is everybody always blames God, you know, and, and they say, how can this terrible thing happen? Well. Because Satan's real too, you know, yes. and and that's something that if you're if you're a Christian and you believe that God and, and Jesus Christ are who they say they are, then you can't not believe in in well, Satan. I think I think the the biggest issue is you know, child trafficking, sex trafficking has become on at least the national stage uh, here recently due to the fact of that movie that just came out. Um, what, I forget the name of that movie that came out. I haven't got to see it. Something about freedom. Freedom, yeah. Something, free, whatever. But that that gentleman who who did that, Chris, again, I, I'm not here to push the movie or anything, obviously, but it just made me think about that. Um, God, you know, 
a lot of people are saying, so why does that happen? If there was a God, that wouldn't happen. But the point that we need to understand, the perspective that we have that we have to take is why are there so many hungry people? Why is all this bad stuff going on? God put us here to take care of this place. Adam and Eve are here to stand up and take care of the Garden of Eden. We, they didn't do that right. We got kicked out, but we're here. So why does this stuff happen? Why aren't we being like this Chris guy, you know, he, he, former CIA guy, he got a team together and he's out there trying to do something. He's trying to fight it. That's what we're supposed to do. Mm. We're supposed to be the ambassadors. We're supposed to be the, the people that are, that are fighting these wrongs. We're not fighting the wrongs. We're just sitting back crying and whining about stuff. Well, I think, I think, I think now to a degree, I agree with you. On another hand, I, I say, you know, the one thing that also the Bible talks about is just don't grow weary of doing good. So by doing good, yeah. you are fighting it in a, in so a really strange way. But it's like so many people are just conformist and they're just like, I'm going to go do what I want to do because I, you know, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. And I'm a big, I'm a big boy and I can, you know, I can make my own decisions and, and you know that pride gets in the way, and 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 it did with me, you know, in a lot of arenas. And and uh, you know the things I I used to value and hold on a pedestal is like I I, I you know I wish I wish I wouldn't have. I wish I mm -hmm. you know there's there's girls that I wish I could go and say sorry to, and there's you know there's people in my life yeah. that I wish I could go and who I, who I no, I wasn't a bully, but that I probably could have treated better, and I and yeah. I want to you know I should apologize to, but. Bottom line is we're all guilty of of wrongdoing and and that's not what Christianity is. It's not it's not a it's not a contest to see who can be the most righteous. It's it's a it's a relationship. It's it's really a, a relationship and it and it's a, a all encompassing relationship because God can be your father, your king. He can be your friend. He can, yeah. you know, there's, he, he can be all of that stuff, you know? Yeah. Which sounds weird to, to a lot of people, but it's, you know, it's just having conversation. I mean, you can't have a friend as we walk around this earth. You can't say someone's your friend if you don't ever have conversations with them. Well, my point exactly right? is it's a relationship so, and that's what Christianity is. It's not really trying hard to do the right thing to earn favor. Not going to. It's more about doing the right thing because God's, please it's not for our favor yeah it's for him it's yeah. for him to feel good about his creation and mm -hmm. the, you know the, our job or a job i wouldn't call it a job but a responsibility. I, I think our responsibility in, in our world is is to tell people that good news it's not bad news it's good news no. it's eternity it's, yeah in heaven so i mean how's that bad and yeah. and and um you know the 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 process to get there is just a decision. It's mm -hmm. not. It's not. It's not a bunch of work. And yeah. granted, hopefully, after you make that decision and bolster that relationship, you start to see some significant changes in your life, especially yeah. if if you were a heathen like I was. Yeah, I mean, I can see some yeah, of that kick, I am kick through some, from time to time. Um, with all of us, I mean, I you know, I was, I was having a, a rough morning this morning. And I felt a lot of anger this morning. I felt a lot of anger on Friday, and it happens. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean it, it it won't happen. But that conflict inside of you, because it does happen, as you, I, I'm pretty sure you said earlier that the Holy Spirit being inside of you means you really must be a believer, because otherwise you wouldn't give to you know that care in the world. I don't mm -hmm. care. Well, I don't. Else, did, didn't it matter you to care. you? Like today, you're angry, right? Yeah. You know, how did you react compared to how you would have reacted 20 years ago? Yeah. You know, it's been a lot at, worse. Absolutely, it would. Right. And so you look at it like that, and and I I know take some, I have, no, take these wins when you get them. Right. And I have countless experiences in my own world where you know I yeah I react differently, and you know what? Sometimes though, I don't. Yeah. Sometimes wow. I just I just let it rip. Yep. And um, you been know, there. unfortunately, that's the truth. But I'm not. I'm not here to be a pretender. I'm not here to tell tell no. everybody that to be a Christian means that life is going to be all peaches and cream. Well, it's, it's not. And I think I think one of the best examples that's in the Bible of a true Christian. When I think some people still have a hard time with it because of the example, but I think it's the great example is is David, is King David. Um, you know, he was the chosen by God to be uh, king of Israel. And he had to fight his way to a degree physically as well to get to that position. And um, 
But man, he fell short from time to time. But when he did fall short, his repentance was was real. He didn't ask in many ways, um, you know, when he had the kingdom, he didn't ask for God to, you know, don't take the kingdom from me. Don't take this uh, material thing from me. He repented and said, don't take you Mm. from me. Don't, don't take your presence from me. That's when he has the heart, the true heart of God, because he wanted to continue that relationship more than anything. Take everything else from me. Just don't take you. Well, and, and I saw a movie the other night. Um, uh, golly, I'm as bad as you are. Um, Can't be. Anyways, it was about, (laughs) it was about this guy, um, being inhabited by a demon. I'll think of the movie. Um, and anyways, it was, he was in prison. He'd killed some people, but, um, I, I I start thinking about like the, the CS Lewis books and there's one that he wrote called the screw tape letters and the screw tape letters, it's screw tape and wormwood are these two demons. And one's trying to teach the other how to deceive this boy who is continually growing closer to Christ and the worm, or I think it's screw tape is the big one and trying to convince wormwood that this, you know, if you do this to him, you know, using his own temptations against him mm-hmm. to try to try to try to uh, taunt him or, or or lure him away from what they called the enemy, which was God, of course, because they're they're demons. But the point is, is like, and I wanted to make is like, as you're a Christian and you believe that Jesus Christ was who He said He is, it's probably not always going to be easy because now Satan has a reason to come after you. Right. Where before he didn't, you know, so now is where you got to, right. you know, you, you realize I'm still going to go through these tru- struggles, but the one thing is, is you're going to be tempted by Satan, but God is going to give you the ability to overcome whatever it is, and he's going to fight those battles for you. So you kind of start, you know, you learn like, I don't, I don't have to necessarily be the one to fight all the time. You know, I just pray about it and trust that God's going to take care of it. And he does. He, yeah. I mean, it's amazing as I look back, and, and if you just take that initiative instead of reacting like we want to or mm-hmm. what have you, it's it's a, it's pretty amazing. And then we still got to get up and do stuff, too. I mean, I'm not saying that you can just pray and poof, it's going to happen. But no. God, God will fight your battles. No, God lets you go through the battles to uh, to strengthen you. It goes back to, I, I believe, what I was saying earlier. You know, you, you've got to lift those weights to get stronger. So you have to go through the battles to get stronger. You don't just poof and and things are better and no you got to learn how to get through this because there's going to be another storm well i think inevitably the the whole way to do it is not to not to necessarily worry about your own strength as much as just let god let, just, just lean god's in. got it yeah. i mean lean on god and trust yeah, him leaning. to trust his strength and that and that way in our weakest moments we can still stand yeah. up. Because you know? you're not alone. Right. right. You, and got, you got God lifting you up <sighs> in, in a lot of ways. He's, he's holding you there. And if, if you believe that, you can feel it. I, I can't tell you the difference. I mean, again, I had the belief, but I wasn't following. I mean, I, I didn't get it to this degree. I wasn't dug down in there. I was a, a shallow believer. Yeah, I did believe it, but I, I didn't have the understanding of Scripture. I didn't have the understanding uh, eternally, like I feel like I'm, I'm gaining more and more of in the last, you know, several years, last 10 years more specifically. And, uh, last week I'm better than, you know, I hope today I'm better than I was last week, but I don't, I, sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not, but I also understand that, um, if I just lean on myself and I'm like, oh, I'll take care of this, I'm, it's going to be bad. Mm. It's not going to be right. right. Well, there's a there's a verse in the Old Testament, and I, and I can't point to the exact verse, but um, we can definitely post it. Um, whereas, you know, it talks about God refining us, you know, and and if you think about the word refine, it it generally yeah. refers to like metals, like especially nice mm. metals, like yeah. gold, like silver. Yeah. And as you refine silver or gold, you're taking your 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 taking out the impurities, you know, burning those away. Yeah. And then you're, and it just becomes pure. And, and, you know, particularly silver, if you look at a piece of fine silver, you can see a reflection in there, you know? And, and I think that inevitably is kind of the ultimate purpose of the trials and tribulations that we go through. That's God. He's refining us. 
like like a fine metal because he's getting rid of the bad stuff and you're going through this stuff because you have something to learn from it and yeah. inevitably the object the object is to you know to to display to to, to people to see Christ in you you know that, yeah, that that's when you become that refined silver and now mm-hmm. now you start to reflect the image of God and and that's the ultimate goal is when people are and the people will be enticed by what you have I think more so than you know, offended by it because it's not, it's not bad. It's good. And, and, yeah. and that's where I think a lot of people, I myself was a little scared before I became oh. a Christian because it's like, golly, you know, this is a different deal and yeah. something I don't understand. And I kind of just jumped in, um, you know, once I did, did what I needed to do to believe it. And, and then it, you know, it was a, it's been a, it's been a grind ever since, to be honest well, with you. It's, it's hard for a lot of people to, you know, the stuff, especially as you do as, as a kid, as you go, when you're by yourself or with you, when you're with your friends, you know, you stop and think about the, some of that stuff. If your parents knew what you were doing, what do you think they would, would say? Well, I probably wouldn't be super happy. Right. So, I mean, that's where a lot of people go, well, if I have to believe in this God, he ain't going to be real happy with what I what I do, and well, what I think especially all the time. because he's not he's there all the time. He's there all the time. So you're telling me this guy has been seeing all the stuff that I've been yeah. doing. How then? He can't love me, right? That's where people get hung up on. They there's like no, he can't truly love me because you don't know how bad of a drug ad, ad, addict I am. You don't know how bad of a you know porn addiction I have. You don't yeah. know how bad I have this that or whatever in the world it is. But you know what? When you have a true friend, when you have a true father that you can go to and say, man, I need your help. I can't do this anymore, and I want to quit. I want. I don't want this anymore. So you've got somebody to lean on. I mean, just put it in that perspective, you know. Hey, I need your help, Brad. I can't do this myself. Can you please be my guy that I go to and say, I'm starting to feel this way again. Can you talk me off the ledge? Are that, you are you portraying me as Christ right now? No, I am oh. not. I was just saying, oh. <laughs> just saying, because I'm gonna, I'm, like, I'm gonna suck at it. Yeah. No, but, but as a friend, as I mean, if you just take it on a relationship basis, most people can understand. You know, you have you, most people have parents. Not all of us. Most of us had parents to grow up with, and I get not all of us had. And but maybe have a friend. I hope you do. Um, that you can go to and share things with. But the nice thing about God is he's like, you're forgiven. You don't have to have the shame when you come to tell me something, when you want to confess, because that's what you're doing. You're just confessing. You're saying it to yourself. You're saying it out loud. You're saying, God, I am this. I want to quit being this. Yeah, because God knows already. It's already there. He already knows. So he's forgiving you before you ever ask for forgiveness. The difference in asking is the humility factor. You have to. It's realizing that I need I need God in my life because on my own I keep yes. messing it up. That's you know, just and, that exactly. Yeah, and um, so that that was that's really what I wanted to share, Troy. More than anything, is just yeah. kind of what that is, and and how to go about it. It's just a simple prayer. It's just you know you ask God into your life, and and in the midst of it, you kind of kind of put yourself on the back burner, well, you that, know, and and you realize like you know what, I this is free, and all I got to do is ask ask Him in and believe that He is who He said He was, and and you you just move forward from there, and you grow mm-hmm. it, and you have. You have this little thing in you that all of a sudden starts to kind of teach you the the way to go about your business. Yeah, I mean it's a um, it, it's as simple as that, but then it also becomes more than that. So we're not saying that's it. it we're also saying to be a true believer, most people are going to be able to start to see it. Typically, but I, and again, I just think though, you know, it's starting, starting somewhere, it's, you it know, simple, obviously I never, I never became a Christian thinking I'm going to, you know, I'm going to jump into this and I'm never going to sin again. Right. You know, because I think that's an unrealistic expectation, but I, I think you start to realize like, okay, I don't want to sin. I don't want to, because every time I do, you know, it hurts, it hurts God. It hurts the person that I, I trust in, you know, and. And it's like yeah. your, your wife or anybody from that matter, if I do something wrong that's that's hurtful, harmful to them, you know, it also hurts me because yeah. 
because I see them hurt. So if you understand like that, that from that perspective is now, now I have Christ in me. So every time that's where the Christ, that's where your body, a temple is a temple comes in is like, every time I do something that, that hurts God, I mean, it, it, it hurts me too. It, yeah. And it bothers me, you know, and, and I think that's the difference is it didn't used to bother me. I used to just be, I just, I'm going to have fun. I wake up the next day. I was like, yeah, that yeah. was fun, but it doesn't feel very good right now. Yeah. Well, you just, it, I just wanted to clarify that one, that's, that's the beginning. Just, you don't, you can say it audibly. You can say it internally. You can, you can be around people when you do it, but just to go, just open yourself up and accept it is is ultimately what the prayer is asking for. It's just I know you're there, um, and I am I'm I'm letting you know you in, and I'm hoping um, that you know your forgiveness will you know start healing me. I mean you're you're wanting all this healing, you're wanting this, so it's you don't just say a prayer and then you go back to your normal life and then you just keep on doing all that bad stuff, you know, no, because there's a process that, that starts working in you. Yeah. So you've got to, you've, you've got to put some work in and it's not works in the fact that you're earning anything, but at the same time, if you're going to profess, it's going to make you change. And to, if you're a true believer and it's not because it's just because it's going to, to, to 100% sit there and say that prayer from your heart, you're going to change. You're going to want to change. You're going to, and it might be difficult. It's not going to be overnight. Like you said, it, it may take a minute. It may take two, three weeks. It may whatever, but you're, you know, you're going to put down that needle. You're going to quit looking at that stuff on the internet and yeah. And it's difficult. Sometimes you may fall and you may, you know, need to be picked back up and that's okay is what I'm trying to say. That's okay. Because I think a lot of people get caught up in the fact that, well, I said that prayer, but I'm still doing my drugs or mm -hmm. I'm still doing this, you know, it's, it's okay. But, you know, get back into the word, get into a church, get into a small group, find somebody else that has that same mindset. Don't stick around those same friends. Mm -mm. Cause if you stick around those same friends, You're be you just get right back thing. into that same bubble and mm -hmm. you can't get out of it. Well, it goes, it goes back to feeding your spirit versus feeding your flesh, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and one thing that's for sure, and God makes this promise in the Bible, is that once you decide to ask him into your heart, he's going to finish his work in you. Yeah. So you can't continue inevitably to, to be who you are if it's, yeah. if it's separating you from God. He's going to find creative ways to get your attention, and it's probably not always going to be in a way that you like, but inevitably he means good and he wants us yeah. and, and goes back to our souls. You know, we, we all aren't, we're not, we're not souls with bodies. Yeah. We're bodies with souls and the souls are going to go on for eternity in heaven or in hell. And how valuable is your soul if Satan and God are both vying yeah. for it? They're both fighting for right. it. So, you know, thinking, thinking about that. And, and if you start to look at that in, in like real life perspective and seeing things in a different mm -hmm. way from a good versus evil perspective, it takes on a different, different yeah. connotation. I think our, our souls is what, is what drives our cravings in a lot of ways, because if you feed your soul, nothing but negativity and nastiness, your soul is negativity and nastiness. If you know, it's the wolves, the two wolves, which one do you feed? That's the one that's going to win. However you want to say it, your soul is a living thing. It's there. And if you're just constantly looking at negative stuff, if you're just looking at the, all the bad, man, that's, you just keep craving that. So you got to make that change. You have to start, you have to be on offense. You've got to start doing stuff. You can't just sit around and go, okay, I'm a believer now. I wonder what's going to happen. Well, you know what I think inevitably it leads to uh, is that being a, being a Christian isn't about what you can get. It's about what you can give, you know, it's, it, and so many people in this world are takers and they're taking drugs or they're taking alcohol or they're taking whatever. And, you know, gimme, gimme, gimme. And as you become a Christian, you realize, you know what, it's really more about giving. It's about helping your fellow man. It's about, you know, doing something because you know, God's going to be pleased. And the giving part of it is the hardest part, but it also starts to become pretty natural if if you if you just practice it, yeah. like you were saying. And you know, I think one more one more point yeah. I want to make is, 
you know, when you accept God into your into your life, you ask ask Christ into your heart. Yeah. It's also called the circum you know circumcision of the heart. Yeah. Which which means that 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 old heart that you had that hard heart that was bitter and angry and and mad you know mad yeah. at the world all of a sudden starts to become like more compassionate to people and their feelings and and the way they the way they're dealing with things and and you start to w- want to help and want to give as opposed to always looking for a way to to take and and you know obviously becoming a Christian's in a way taking because you're you're <laughs> You're protecting your 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 investment, so to speak, and and eternity in heaven is a lot better than eternity in hell. So if you look yeah. at it just from that simple perspective, I mean, it makes sense, well, uh, you know, versus mm-hmm. versus the other option. Yeah, and 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 part of that giving though is to also get out there and and make disciples, um, and hopefully give give them the gift of that uh, perspective as well. Hmm. Right. And having these conversations like this for those, you know, I think a lot of people that that do watch these at the moment are probably uh, probably believers. But I also know that people watch this that are not. Yeah. And that's your choice. And, and um, you know, we uh, I know Brad and I both, you know, degree, if, if you can say we've, we've probably prayed about that in some way or another in, internally, externally talked about it, had conversations about it. And. You know, if you ever want to have conversations one-on-one, Brad's a good guy to talk to. I'll talk to you um, and give you a little even more detail probably about our own experiences and what we will hear uh, time-wise. And we'll invest as much time into you as we can if that's what you want. Because if somebody came to us and said, I want to know more about what you guys are talking about, Mm. Would you probably spend more time you talking bet. about it, right? You so bet that's, I would. That's, well, that's ultimately what, what we want. So um, it, it's not easy. It's not hard either. Um, that's the crazy thing. I, I, I mean, it's not easy in the fact that we fight stuff daily because there's so so much negativity out there. So this world makes it hard, and I, I don't believe it's God doing any of it. Uh, God allowed a lot of stuff. God allows us to choose things. So going back to that, if we have the experience of God and we have the love of our brothers, we will want to keep things bad from happening in the, in, in the world. And we do have the ability to help others uh, in your own community. Start there. You know, if you see a homeless person, you know, give them a sandwich. And I know a lot of those people don't want help. A lot of those people are there because they choose to be, but a lot of people are not. And, and that's difficult having conversations that way. I mean, that's, that's something, you know, instead of just complaining, you know, if there was a God, I wouldn't have any homeless mm-hmm. and man has made this homeless, uh, environment. And we've made a lot of this stuff because of the evil that's on, on this earth. So I don't know where I'm going with that, but what I'm saying is it's not God's fault. <laughs> it's probably our fault. Well, I, I mean, what I'm saying. right. I mean, like I said a minute ago, it's like all these people that, you know, before I was a Christian that I associated with, I never met anybody harm. I bet I harmed some people, though, in the process of, of you know, trying to get what, what I wanted, you know, and use yeah. your imagination as yeah. to what that was. But the bottom yeah. line is, you know, as I've become a Christian, I think I just kind of have. I've developed more compassion for other people. You know, when somebody's struggling, I mean, it it, it it hurts, especially when it's, you know, somebody who's near and dear to you. So, you know, the difference is just, you know, you become a little less of a taker, a little more of a giver. You start yeah. to realize there's different there's different purpose for life than just having fun. And, and you start to see things from an eternal perspective as opposed to just, you know, being born and dying 80 years later or whatever. And, and, you know, that just makes more sense. When you start to look at all the things you do throughout the course of your life and, you know, you strive to become a certain way or a certain thing. And, and, you know, why, why, if it's just going to go away when you die, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. The ultimate, the ultimate, uh, where we ought to be. And it's, it's a biblical statement. I've heard it many, many times. Um, ultimately all, all Jesus wants from us is our repentance and our faith. There is nothing else that we can do. There are no works on this earth that we could do to gain that love of God, um, the forgiveness of sins. He wants our repentance and he wants our faith. 
And through that, um, as we change, you know, works do happen. Because we're we're better people, right? And hopefully. and and hopefully. and you know we had we've talked a lot, and and the conversation is not meant to overwhelm or make anybody confused. It's it's more along the lines of like it's really not, it's really not that that big of a like a overwhelming thing in terms of a decision. It just it just brings purpose to everything that you do from a day to day basis. And without beating it up, I mean that's a decision I made, I you know, thirty years ago, and it's best, probably the best decision I've ever made. Right. And because I I walk through every day feeling like you know there's there's something that I need to 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 do to contribute. Yeah. I want to be a contributor. You know, I don't want to just be a taker. I don't mm-hmm. want to just sit in the privacy of my own home and shelter myself. And every time somebody knocks on the door, you know, I, I freak. I freak out, you know. It's just it's it, we're called to be we're called to be a, yeah. a commune, a community. Yeah, which we've become less of one as technology has gotten better and better. You know, I remember when we were kids, somebody come knocking on the door, you'd go answer it and see who the heck it was. Excited, somebody, excited. Answer. Somebody called you on the phone. You pick the phone up and go, "Hello, who's <laughs> this?" Somebody but actually now wants we to talk look to at him. our phone and go, "Oh, I'm not answering." Right. That. You look at your ring, you know, camera on your phone and go. Oh, sh- be quiet. Yeah. Somebody's at the front door. Somebody's at the door. Hit the deck. <laughs> so, anyways, it, it, it's it's what it is. So, um, that's a that's a, a topic that I wanted to get you know get yeah. out there because I was confused as a as a as someone who was curious early on in my life. I didn't know the steps and and there it, it, that's it. I mean, you just just decide Christ was who he said he was and did what he said he was going to do and and right. you just you learn to trust him and period. That's it. Yep. I think Ask so. him in. I mean, it is as simple as that. And it's it's difficult to to walk on this earth with, with so many unbelievers at times. Um but not. I mean, I, I hold I wear shirts like this on a regular basis. I don't just wear them for the podcast or I don't just wear Christian church uh clothes to church and things like that. I wear I wear my faith and my belief, you know, right there. It's uh-huh. a badge, if you will. Not just to, to throw it in somebody's face, but I'm also not ashamed of it, not embarrassed by it. Um, so it can be difficult when you start because, you know, you're in a community probably with a lot of other non-believers, but we're saying it's okay and you can um, you can become a believer pretty, pretty easy. Just say, please. Huh. Inevitably, hopefully, maybe you can start to influence those other people. Yeah. You know, so that's let's what get- we want. All right. I'm going to ding the bell. You're going to ding the bell? Okay. We didn't get hit by a hummingbird. No, we got some close calls, but I think we made it. All right. (laughs) Life and grace. Thanks, guys.